0: Hey, 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 what's crackin'? Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuffie. Hopefully, you are having an awesome Wednesday, hump day, almost into the weekend. And uh, most people are looking forward to the weekend. That's understandable because we love our weekends. But um, just celebrated Mother's Day. Hope everybody had a great Mother's Day out there. I announced that on the show uh, Monday. And just as a review, I uh, wanted to just uh, remind you to uh, go back and listen to Dr. Joel Wallet. Really, really great show that I did with him early Monday, perhaps my earliest show. Uh, It was 10 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock for him, and that was the only way I could work around his schedule. I've been trying to get him on since about February, and we were finally able to work it out, and I got him on early in the morning, talked about a lot of things. His book is entitled Dead Doctors Don't Lie. Very enlightening episode. I cannot say enough about it. Uh, Dr. Wallach was someone who did autopsies on animals, autopsies on humans, and has a very deep understanding of nutrients and minerals and why we need those nutrients and minerals. And then uh, he also talked about cystic fibrosis and how he was able to create that particular genetic uh, anomaly in animals and what happened with him when he took that to his superior and how uh, some things went down. And it's not an uncommon story that I've heard where you have Uh, Doctors who come up with some kind of resolution to something, something genetically or some kind of disease and something ends up happening to them, they're actually buried in the system. So to actually tell you again to go and review that show, it again is called Dead Doctors Don't Lie with Dr. Joe Wallach. Really enjoyed that one. As always, I would uh, ask that you connect with me on social media. On uh, Facebook, is Facebook.com slash Perfectly Healthy and toned Radio. You can also connect with me on my personal page, Darren McDuffie. Also on Pinterest is I'm the Fat Man one And then I am on YouTube. Uh, I've been shooting a lot of YouTube videos uh, as of late with a lot of my street videos, just talking about positive things and changing your mindset. And just had a video that I shot not too long ago on turpentine. If you can recall and you've been listening to the episodes, I did a show with Dr. Jennifer Daniels and we talked about turpentine and I'm kind of using that protocol myself and I go over that how to prepare the turpentine and also my results of how I've been doing. I'm going to shoot another video probably late this week, later on this week on my results because I've been noticing some other things uh, with uh, doing the turpentine as well. But tonight's show is something I really wanted to do. We're going to be talking about essential oils with Dr. Pam Riley. Scoured the internet trying to find someone who knew their stuff about essential oils because when I was in the pharmaceutical industry, I sold antibiotics and I've shared that a lot. And it wasn't until way, maybe seven, eight years after getting out of the industry, that I learned a lot about essential oils. And I'm still learning a ton about essential oils. But um, before we get Dr. Riley on, I wanted to read her bio. Dr. Pamela Riley is an atropathic physician dedicated to helping people improve their health and eliminate symptoms, sy- symptoms using natural integrated methods. She has over 25 years of experience and has helped men, women, and children improve their health using a holistic, client-centered focus. Her interest in natural health care came as a result of over 12 years of being almost bedridden due to a, due to a collection of mysterious symptoms and illnesses. Mainstream physicians tested her for everything possible. Her test results all came back normal, and no one could alleviate her symptoms. Because of her experience, she is filled with compassion for anyone who's feeling unwell but cannot find answers or relief. She is committed to seeing her clients attain their wellness goals. Dr. Pamela Riley, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. How are you?
1: I'm I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Um glad we got a chance to connect. I really never heard your voice. We've been corresponding through email and had some email issues. But, hey, we, we got you here tonight, and um, we're going to be talking about Essential oils. But before I get into that, um just wanted to – I always ask people what their experience was, what got them into uh, holistic health care, and it seems like you had some challenges Tell us a little bit about those, um, and then we'll get into talking more about the essential oils.
1: Right. Well, thank you so much, and I'm truly honored to be on your show. Thank you. Um, I, my passion grew from being kind of a hobby, um, studying herbs, natural skin care, natural health care, just kind of as a hobby, and then my health just took a huge nosedive, I had really bizarre neurological symptoms. Um, I was so exhausted that if I got up to take a shower, I had to lie down for three or four hours to recover. And mm-hmm. I just had a huge number of really bizarre symptoms. I had really strange blood work. So they, they did bone marrow biopsies because they thought I had cancer. Um, they tested me for everything. At my worst, I was on 16 different prescription meds. I was seeing 12 different specialists. And yet, and I had received all these diagnoses, but I didn't feel better. And I, I started to realize that if something didn't change, there was a good chance I wasn't going to survive. So I started doing some really in-depth research and one by one, I started making lifestyle changes. I figured out what the correct testing was, which had never been ordered and one by one, we start I started eliminating the symptoms I had. I was able to eliminate working with my doctors, able to eliminate the prescription meds I was on, and completely restored my health um, purely by God's grace but that led me to start be getting really formal training in degrees. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you ever find out what it was? It sounds like you had, um, it sounds very similar to another guest that I had. He had these really, um, he was sensitive to chemicals, sensitive to about everything, but it sounds like you were kind of on that level where he was, where um, no one knew what was going on with him, and he kind of did the same thing that you did, and went and started doing some research and kind of nursed himself back to health. But were you ever able to get to the bottom line of what was, what was going on with you?
1: Yes, actually a lot of my issues were undi- undiagnosed and undertreated thi- hypothyroidism mm. combined, combined with food allergies, leaky gut, um, really extreme adrenal fatigue. So it, You know, it took some time and effort, but as I started to feel better, I just couldn't believe no one had ever ordered the right test. So my Uh goal was to make sure that nobody ever went through what I had.
0: Mm -hmm. And that led you to um, just studying the naturopathic way, and now you're you're helping others, obviously.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and it's a huge blessing.
0: Yeah. So – Let's get into these essential oils. I've been doing a lot of studying on these lately, and they are pretty amazing to me. I, I, I use them before, and I use them constantly now. Lavender is one of my favorites. It's simply because when I'm going to sleep at night or any I need any relaxation, I'll use lavender. But um, the studying that I've been doing on them, it stands as though they are really remarkable and, uh, like I said, I used them for a number of years. I was in the pharmaceutical industry and um sole antibiotics, and that's what I believed in way back way back then. But now um I've noticed that uh, I came across a paper I read not too long ago where those uh essential oils were comparable in terms of their um bacterial properties- antibacterial properties, and also um, really, they were as good as uh, pharmaceutical antibiotics, and, all, and in some cases, even better than pharmaceutical antibiotics. But um, tell us what essential oils are.
1: Okay, that's a great question. And lavender is one of my favorites. Um, essential oils are plant essences. So basically, they distill the plant matter. And they distill out the oils. Sometimes they press, cold press the oils. But it's the the end result is the oils that gives the plant matter its aroma. So a great example of that is when you peel an orange and you see it spray, the oils that are spraying out of the skin is orange essential oil, which smells wonderful. It's a really strong degreaser. So The essential oils are, and one of the things I love about essential oils, I'll be honest, I kind of hate the term aromatherapy Mm -hmm. because essential oils are really powerful medicinal agents, and there's kind of a mindset in today's world that, oh, they just smell good. You know, you can make a room smell good, and they can certainly do that, but they're also extremely powerful. So we need to respect them and we need to understand them when we work with them.
0: How do they actually work? I know that they are, um, you use them, but is there some kind of mechanism to how they actually work with the body?
1: Yeah, that's another great, great question. Essential oils, their mechanism varies depends depending on which type of oil it is. And so there are a wide variety of ways they can be used. One of their benefits is that when they are inhaled, they actually cross the blood-brain barrier, which is why they're frequently used. You mentioned lavender, which is very calming. There's lemongrass, which is a great combination of it's uplifting and calming at the same time. People love it in their, their morning shower soap. So they can be inhaled. Uh, you'll see them used in diffusers. People can uh, will do simple things, just like putting some warm water on the stove and putting a few drops of an essential oil blend in. Um, there are in actual inhalers people use to inhale a single essential oil or a blend. And then they can also be used topically. And you mentioned their antibacterial properties. They can have antifungal, antimicrobial properties. Um, one of the things I really want to stress mm-hmm. is that essential oils always need to be diluted before being used topically. There are a couple that can be used without being diluted but even those, I encourage people to dilute. And the reason I do that is for many years, my business, I owned a um, an organic skincare business. So I worked with essential oils. That was the only thing I used for fragrance. And I worked with essential oils from sunup to sundown. I never wore gloves. I never used any sort of protection. And I and they and I was working with them in their pure form, and as a result, I developed some sensitivities. So mm. again, we really want to respect essential oils, and using them topically will protect. Well, some essential oils can actually burn the skin if they're not diluted. Um, cinnamon is a great example of that. Black pepper. Um, so, you want to dilute them for safety, and you want to dilute them so that we can avoid developing sensitivities, overwhelming the system.
0: Yeah, I learned something new every day. I know you can develop sensitivities with food, but I had no idea you could develop the sensitivities with essential oils. But that makes sense because anytime you're eating the same food over and over again, that's what the sensitivities come about. So, I, I, I would think using these oils without any protection, that's why the sensitivities come about. Um, you mentioned aromatherapy, and that's a term that I'm not sure a lot of people are familiar with. Um just wondering if you could kind of explain that, because whenever I think of aromatherapy, I just think that there are a bunch of people in a room smelling stuff. <laughs> and, right And that might be what the audience is thinking of as well. But uh, describe aromatherapy, because when you and I were – corresponding about the show, you mentioned that you'd been doing that for a number of years. So explain to us exactly what that is.
1: Okay. Um, I am a certified aromatherapist. So I took many hours of scientific training, blending training, uh, therapy, training about how to use essential oils therapeutically. And the term aromatherapy has been around a while And as I said, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's the standard term that's used for using essential oils therapeutically. So, again, people, you know, as you said, when you hear aromatherapy, people envision, oh, well, they're just making their house smell good. Mm -hmm. But even when we're diffusing essential oils, we can have therapeutic intentions in mind. For example, I do a lot of emotional release work with my clients, and during those sessions I distill or I infuse very specific essential oils that are calming and that help kind of open the subconscious. And when I say diffuse, that just means that um, we're gently heating essential oils so that those essential oil molecules diffuse into the air, and we can smell them, and they cross the blood-brain barrier to affect neurotransmitters in a positive way.
0: Yeah, I've always kind of made that connection of the, mind, the mind-body the mind connection, and I'm big on the mind controlling the body. And I think everything, this is just my personal opinion for the audience, I think that everything goes to the mind. If you can change the mind, you can also change the body. But um, you mentioned diluting your essential oils. How would we dilute, go about diluting the essential oils?
1: That's a great question. Um, standard dilution is generally encouraged to be about three percent. And a three percent dilution would mean that you'd add nine or ten drops of essential oil to a tablespoon of what they call a carrier oil. And a carrier oil is simply the oil that you're diluting the essential oil into. So a lot of people like jojoba oil or um, sweet almond oil, coconut oil, any – I encourage people to use organic, but any liquid or even an oil that's a solid at room temperature that's been melted at a low temperature – you can dilute them into any any other oil, and they'll blend really well. so st- standard dilution is eight or nine well, eight to ten drops in a tablespoon of carrier oil.
0: Is there any? dilution to the effectiveness when you're when you're actually mixing those with a coconut oil or let's say an almond oil like you mentioned does that dilute delete the effectiveness of it and I guess the second part of that question is because we're mixing with with a carrier oil I'm kind of getting the sense that maybe you can use too much is it one of those things where enough is enough or the more you use the better it is
1: You know, that's a great question. They've actually done some studies that found that uh, for, say, tea tree oil, which some people call melaleuca, um, tea tree oil is a really powerful oil that has antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral, and antibacterial properties. And it is one that has tested to be as antibacterial as a lot of the nasty chemicals that are on the market, and as as powerful an antibiotic as some of the prescription meds, but they've actually found that it's most powerful at a 1% dilution instead of a 3% dilution, so sometimes less is indeed more, and the other thing with essential oils is that they are so powerfully concentrated that it doesn't take much. So a little goes a long way, and when we dilute them for the sake of safety, that means we get that much further use out of a, a small amount.
0: Is that why, because they're so concentrated, I've noticed in my own personal experience while just taking the top off the bottle that you can smell them like the the smell just hits you immediately. And for some of these things, I've been able to maybe just take the top off the bottle, and let's say you put it on one side of the room and you're on the other side of the room, it's like the smell just permeates the whole room. Is that because of the, the concentration of it?
1: Definitely. Yeah, and I often tell people if you want to sample an essential oil, it's not always wise to take the lid off and stick it right up to your nose and take a deep breath you're wiser to kind of waft it with your hand over to your nose so that the aroma isn't too strong. But, yes, they're so concentrated and they are the volatile oils in a plant. So as they start to um, evaporate, the aroma will fill the room fairly quickly.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned using this as a thing to kind of calm people that you're working with, um, releasing the emotions. Um, Why do you use the essential oils when when doing that?
1: It's purely as a kind of an icing on the cake sort of thing. So especially if I'm working with people who have been through, who have post-traumatic stress disorder or have been in abusive situations, I tend to Um, I tend to diffuse some lavender, which is calming, some bergamot, which is also calming and kind of instills a sense of peace and safety. Um, I love frankincense, which has the same effect, and a little bit of of lemongrass, which again is very uplifting, but also very calming. So... It's I, I don't use those. I mean, I wouldn't use those by themselves, but mm-hmm. when we're working on an emotional level anyway, it's very th- therapeutic to have that additional assistance in the air.
0: So what you're saying is, you, is to actually just get your client to, to kind of relax and kind of let things flow and, and get rid of the stress.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Is there any specific essential oils that we might use to uh, elevate our mood? There's a lot of people out there who are depressed now, going through depression. A lot of people out there are not really happy. What essential, what essential oils might you recommend to maybe elevate a person's mood?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, and let me just say that if someone is dealing with a depression that is impacting their daily their ability to function, or if they're having thoughts about harming themselves, please seek medical attention. There are times when mainstream medicine is what we need. Um, but, and, and just when someone's going through the blues and things like that, and maybe they're taking their vitamin D and that's not helping in different things. Um, I really love any of the citrus oils, sweet orange, Uh, lemon, grapefruit, those are all known to be very uplifting. I've mentioned lemongrass multiple times. It's one of my favorites because it is very uplifting and it's a little bit energizing, but at the same time, it's also calming. So a lot of people who are dealing with depression also tend to deal with a little bit of anxiety, and lemongrass tends to address the whole nine yards of those emotions.
0: Yeah, I use lemongrass in my cleaning supplies. When I clean the counter, I'll use it in a spray. Yeah. And I found that that's been, uh, rather than using the the household chemicals that I grew up, I remember I used to sit in my shower and scrub my shower with some kind of real toxic bathroom cleaner and then i got into using the essential oils just kind of doing my own mixture uh, with lemongrass and and some different ones and i found that it's much more pleasant to be in a bathroom (laughs) using something like that versus using those toxic chemicals that that i used to use
1: definitely yeah i mean i tell my clients there's nothing in your household you can't clean with a little bit of hydrogen peroxide, essential oils, maybe a little bit of Dr. Bronner's um, liquid soap, and maybe a little bit of lemon juice and baking soda. Um, And you avoid all the toxic exposure, your house will smell better, so um, yeah. Your essential oils have so many different uses, but in terms of cleaning, they are fantastic yeah and they
0: they make your house smell absolutely terrific i can I actually mop my floor with it too. I put a little solution in there, and I'll mop excuse me the kitchen floor with it um as well, and it makes the house smell you know so so good.
1: Oh yeah, that's great. And lemongrass is one of the most powerful deodorizers on earth. Um, I make my own deodorant and use lemongrass, and it's very powerful. Um, And even for, you know, simply blending some baking soda with a few drops of lemongrass, sprinkling that over the carpet, letting it sit for about an hour, and then vacuuming it up is a great way to deodorize the house and the carpets. It's also a great way to um, pull just some of the um, gunk out of the carpet fibers,
0: yeah, I, um, strangely, oddly enough, when I <clears throat> clean the carpet, I will put lemongrass into the, uh, carpet cleaner and clean the carpet. And, Perfect. It, it, yeah, it actually, you know, what it does, um, for me, Dr. Riley, is it kind of, it energizes me. My carpet is smelling good. And it, I don't know, it just, it has some effect on my energy. I feel it lifts my mood when my carpet is clean <laughs> and I'm smelling those Yeah. Bones essential oil. so it's it's really um, miraculous. Um, I mentioned that I was in the pharmaceutical industry and I saw antibiotics and uh, I came across a paper a, a scientific paper uh, through a journal and they did these tests on the bacteriostatic properties of pharmaceutical antibiotics versus essential oils. Things like you know uh, lemongrass. I had no idea that lavender has uh, bacteriostatic properties as well until I started doing some research. But um, one of the things that people seem to always want to compare is uh, something that's natural and holistic versus something that's man-made like a uh, pharmaceutical medicine. And let's say that there's a person out there who has a cold who may have the flu or something like that, and they're using these essential oils to kind of bring themselves back to health versus going the more allopathic route. How long is that going to take? Because a lot of times what people will come to me and say is, oh, I don't like using natural products because they take too long to to, uh, to work. So how long, you probably use, work with clients doing different things with essential oils. What would be a, um, I would say, acceptable period? to where a, a client could start seeing some effects. Let's say if they're using something, I'm not I'm not sure but one of my favorites is Thieves Blend when I have some germs or something that's going around. That's the one that I use. But I'm just wondering for the audience out there, how long would you say for them to see some type of some type of effect when they're using these these
1: oils? Well that's a great question. And the amount of time it takes to see a noticeable effect will definitely vary from person to person. It may vary based on the virus they have. It will also vary based on how strong their immune system was before they got sick. And obviously, if they fell prey to a virus, then their their immune system had been weakened for some reason. Um, One of my approaches is that I take a very integrative approach. So I would never solely use essential oils. I would combine oral, um, either some natural antivirals, natural antibiotics, natural immune boosters taken orally, along with some essential oils, either inhaled, or things like that, um, but typically the thing with a common cold and virus is a lot of people don't realize that the gen in general a cold should last ten days. If we do absolutely nothing, it should take about ten days to get over a cold. Typically, people are only miserable for three to three to five days. But what I find, I mean, I never get sick but when i do if i'm using natural immune boosters and essential oils the severity of the virus i mean i don't get it anywhere close to how other people get it and then it dissipates and starts to go away much more rapidly so you know again it'll vary from person to person but when you're using natural remedies you should see a difference um And you may not be able to completely eliminate the virus, but you should be able to reduce its severity and reduce how long it sticks around.
0: Is there, is it admissible to, let's say if I have a sore throat, to maybe take some essential oils, uh, combine them with a carrier oil, let's say a coconut oil or uh, a jojoba oil, and rub that directly on my throat. Is that something that you would recommend?
1: You know, that as long as it's diluted, that is perfectly fine. Um, there are even some blends that I encourage my clients to rub directly over their thyroid gland because that, if they're having some sluggish thyroid activity, some diluted frankincense oil placed over the thyroid gland can have a really beneficial effect. Um, So, yeah, as long as it's been diluted, that should be fine. And I also want to throw out there that essential oils are natural, but they're not always safe for children and babies. So you really want to do your research, and if you're using one such as lavender or chamomile, which are safe in most cases on children, you want to dilute it use only a half a dose, half the strength that you would use on an adult.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that when it comes to, you know, children and and infants, you know, what can you use for for them? So I'm glad that you answered that. I'm getting into the oils themselves. Um, We live in the Walmart economy. And (laughs) you have... People who, if they see something on sale at Walmart, that's what they're going to grab. Um, what type of oils do you do you recommend?
1: Well, I don't. Um, I don't represent a specific brand. Um, the one thing I would say, if you're buying oils anywhere other than a, a recognized, reputable health food store. who has buyers who are doing adequate research. You know, I don't recommend buying essential oils at Walgreens, Walmart. I've seen them there. Um, I bought one just out of curiosity, and the aroma was off. It was blended with other oils. It really wasn't a reputable oil. Um, the one thing I will say is that there are several large companies that use a marketing term and they say that their oils are therapeutic grade Mm -hmm. the truth is there's no such thing Um, that is purely a marketing term that they invented so when people are telling you oh my oils are so much better because they're therapeutic grade there's really no such thing um so in terms of like over the counter oils, I like or Acacia. Um The Now Company has some good good oils. Um, Planetary Herbals is a, has some great oils. Um, so I would recommend do your research and research the company. There are actually some Facebook pages where people have have scientifically studied different essential oils and evaluated what their chemical constituents are. Um, there's a great one where they do, um, like she does an experiment where she tests 12 different brands that, uh, that were blends reported to be antibacterial. And she did challenge tests to see what, how much bacteria would actually grow in a petri dish around those oils. So do your do your research. The other thing is that every company will have some oils that are better than others. Um, differences in essential oils. You can get a Bulgarian lavender, a French lavender. I've even seen some Russian lavenders. In those three, lavenders from different regions, because the soil has different chemicals, those oils will smell different. They'll have the hmm. same basic therapeutic properties, but they won't smell the same because the, the soil constituents were different. So sure. I would encourage people to, to learn a little bit about essential oils and, you know, go ahead and buy a tiny vial of an oil from one company, smell it, see what you think of it, experiment with it, and then maybe buy a vial from a different company and see what you think of it.
0: Yeah, if the smell is off, does that kind of um, throw off the potency of it? Um, if something doesn't smell like it should, I know if it's a cheaper oil, yes, but like you were saying, it come from different countries. If that the smell is off, should we just stay away from that?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, As an example, I bought a lemongrass online. I bought it off Amazon. It was a company I had never heard of, and I thought, well, I'll try it. The the aroma was so far off that I, well, for one thing, I got my money back, um, but I chose not to use it. Now, having said that, there are some essential oils that absolutely stink. They don't smell good. Mm-hmm. So you may want to look up online. I, you know, if, I, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, research, research, research. Find out how the essential oil should smell um, because some of them don't smell good. They have wonderfully medicinal properties but they're not the types that necessarily smell good. So, yeah, um, find out what they should smell like. If you open it and it doesn't just doesn't smell right um, or it's an unusual color, then I would say get your money back and try a different brand.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. There's another topic of conversation, um, and you mentioned – one of these as well, the therapeutic grade thing. That there's no such thing because the FDA does, doesn't um, recognize anything as therapeutic grade. But there's another controversial uh, topic that I wanted to ask about. I've read and done some research on oils or essential oils, and some people say it's safe to ingest them, like let's say put a drop in a drink or something. I just saw an article where they're saying now that you can you should mix essential oils with green drinks and it helps the absorbency and then you go somewhere else and it's telling you don't ingest these oils Um, you have the experience what should we do when it comes to actually drinking essential oils so to speak
1: Boy that is a hot topic Um, Mm -hmm. and I know there are several companies that again say oh our oils are therapeutic grade so it's perfectly safe to ingest them for the most part I would disagree with that. However, there are some oils, um, such as, uh, say, sweet orange essential oil. You know, it comes from, it won't taste good, but it comes from food. So if it's heavily diluted, that would be okay. Almost all of us have used a a natural breath spray or something like that that has peppermint essential oil. Um, we may have even used some sort of digestive aid that had a small amount of peppermint essential oil. So in, there are a very limited number of essential oils that are safe to use internally in in the right dose. And I would say don't just, you know, I I talk to people and they say, oh well, I bought a bunch of empty capsule capsules and I've been blending tea tree and thyme oil and all these different things and swallowing it that way. And I would say, please don't do that. Um, con- consult with someone who is thoroughly trained, and thorough training would should include a certification and scientific training Um, and I don't want to offend anyone but simply being a distributor of a specific company I don't consider adequate training to tell people to use them internally Um, as I said they're powerful chemical agents and they should be respected
0: Yeah, if they blend tea tree oil and they drink that, more power to them, because I've used tea tree oil, and it is not – it's very strong, first of all, and it's not the most pleasant-tasting thing um, at all.
1: Right. Uh,
0: Getting into uh, the best oils – well, before I get into the best oils, because I was going to ask you oils for specific conditions, because I know a lot of people out there may want to know what to use for specific conditions – But um, where's the best place to place these oils you're using topically? I've heard the bottom of your feet. I've heard uh, your ears um, to get the oil into your system. But what is the best way to, you know, start using these oils to get them into the body to to do their job?
1: Um, Well, I would say it depends on what your end goal is. Um, for people who haven't done, who don't have a lot of experience with essential oils, I would say try diffusing them. Um, you know, if, if there's a virus going through your household, start diffusing oils that are known to be antiviral, antibacterial, um, such as lavender, tea tree, thyme, rosemary, lemon, um, oils such as that there's a blend called four thieves which legend has it that thieves during the black plague would use this blend of oils so they could rob people who were sick um and that those thieves never got sick so thieves is known to be a really powerful antibacterial antiviral blend you can diffuse it um It is very popular to dilute the oils and rub them on the sole of the feet. Mm -hmm. Um, I would use caution with that, but I would say if you dilute an oil and rub it on the sole of your feet, sometimes you'll taste it within 10 minutes. So that definitely is getting into the bloodstream. Um, Essential oils can penetrate multiple layers of skin and enter the bloodstream Sometimes in as little as 30 seconds, other times in up to two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. So, again, you want to use caution, but they will get into the bloodstream.
0: Yeah. Um, specific conditions. Um, let's say stress. What what could you use for stress? I know lavender is a pretty good one, but is there anything else that we could use for, you know, for just everyday stress?
1: Lavender is a great one. Um, Lavender has so many different uses. It was actually included in the first aid kits that were given to every U.S. soldier during World War I. Um, Because it's good for stress, it has properties that stimulate skin healing, it's antibacterial. You can't go wrong with lavender. It has a multitude of different uses. But it is specifically known to be very helpful for stress. Chamomile is another one that's excellent for stress. It's a little more expensive. Um, And you can use essential oils in the bath. So if you want to take a long, hot bath before bed, putting five to ten drops of lavender essential oil in the water and swishing it around before you get in is a great way to really relax and kind of decompress. If you add two cups of Epsom salts along with it, you'll get the natural magnesium from the salts and really be nice and relaxed once you finally climb into bed.
0: Yeah. You mentioned uh, using this as you said you make your made your own deodorant. Um, one of the things that came to mind for me was I used to use this when I made my own my own toothpaste, and um I guess i and I all used to always use peppermint but you I kind of used any type of flavor that I had I used to have peppermint I used to have cinnamon cinnamon's really strong but right. <laughs> but you can use that when you you make your um, toothpaste uh, another common condition uh dr um, Pamela is headaches. What can we use for um a simple
1: uh, stress headache? You know, in that kind of depends, okay, a stress headache. Um, I mm-hmm. was going to say you kind of have to know what the cause of the headache is. Um, lavender and peppermint are two oils that are really popular, um, diluted to rub on the temples. Um, sometimes rubbing it in the, the center of the forehead can help. If you if your stress headache is centered, like, in the back of the head and the neck, peppermint oil rubbed on the occiput, the two bumps on the back of the head and the back of the neck often has a really miraculous effect.
0: Is there any other examples of other oils that kind of work synergistically? You're just missing the lavender and the peppermint. But well, are there any other oils out there that we might put together for specific conditions?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I mentioned frankincense for thyroid conditions. Um, I also like to use bergamot with thyroid conditions. Um, frankincense is can also be helpful, rubbed um, over the back of the bottom, the uh, on the back, the bottom of the rib cage, over the adrenals. For people who have adrenal fatigue, um, I also, I really like to blend frankincense with an omega-3 oil and rub that over the adrenal. That's often very helpful. And obviously, adrenal fatigue needs to be addressed body, mind, and spirit. I mean, people need to typically change, make lifestyle changes Dietary changes. They need to learn how to deal with stress, but essential oils can be an effective part of that regimen.
0: Yeah. Um, when it comes to, I was going to ask you one more condition, um, and this is a, a one that people come to come to me constantly about, and that's muscle soreness. Is there anything that you can use for muscle soreness?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. We're going back to lemongrass again. Um, (laughs) A tiny amount of black pepper or a tiny amount of ginger blended with lemongrass has a really warming effect. Um, One of my favorite blends for muscular aches is black pepper and peppermint because you get the cooling and the heat. Hmm. Um, So I don't know if I can name, I mean, so there's a a popular um, OTC product that combines a word like ice and a word like hot. You can get Hmm. that naturally with a black pepper peppermint blend.
0: And this is black pepper that you actually shake over your food, black pepper.
1: Well, the essential oil, yeah, oh, and it is an extreme. Go ahead, oh, yeah, there is black pepper essential oil. It's another one that is extremely strong, so uh-huh. you want to adequately dilute it. Um, but it is great for muscle aches.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that they had a black pepper essential oil. Um, that's that's. I have to check that out. <laughs> did not know that. I I guess they have essential oils for uh, everything. One of the things, you kept mentioning frankincense, and one of the things that I've been studying up on is they have done some studies on frankincense for uh, brain injury, since, you know, it does cross over the uh, blood-brain barrier, but it's some specific properties that frankincense actually has that um, are helpful when it comes to brain injury, so I've been really intrigued about that, and you know, for the listeners out there, I'll be putting up a video on all this uh, in, a, in a bit. i have to get everything together make sure I'll, I know what I'm talking about <laughs> before I do the, um, the YouTube video. But, um, Dr. Pamela, I think that's all the questions I had for you, and I know that you have a website. Can you uh, give us your website if anyone wants to go on there and, and uh, maybe consult with you or uh, ask a question?
1: Oh, certainly. My website is goodworkswellness.com, and you can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodworkswellness.
0: Thank you so much for being on. I really enjoyed it. I scoured the internet looking for someone who could talk about essential oils because I have a number of friends and people who are listening to the show who really are big believers in essential oil. So I really want to thank you for uh, coming on.
1: Oh, thank you, Darren. It was such an honor to be here. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thank you. Have a great night.
1: You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: All right. So hope you learned something on essential oils. Like I said, I'll be shooting a YouTube video um, regarding what i've learned on essential oils just kind of giving you the science about it i know that a lot of science uh, we learned a lot about them tonight but there are some great properties essential oils have and um, a lot of people out there want to learn more about these because i believe that if you can use do something holistically do it that way but like uh, dr pamela was explaining that sometimes the benefit outweighs the risk. We were talking specifically about colds and flu, and sometimes you may want to gravitate towards using something in combination with essential oil. Don't just do depend on essential oil alone. Next week uh, will be same fat time, same fat channel. We will be talking to Tim Steele about the potato hack and uh, specifically potatoes for uh, losing weight. Uh, which I don't know anything about, and so I'm looking forward to delving into this um, more for Monday's show and having some really good questions. So next week, again, will be Tim Steele with the Potato Hack, and we'll talk be talking about potatoes and what you can use them for. So, again, tune in next week, next Monday, same fat time, same fat channel. Thanks for listening. Peace and love, y'all. Good night.